we should just do it for luck. This is Lucky to Lead. That was so good. Okay. Just drop your best one. Welcome to Lucky to Lead. You're talking shit about me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is Lucky Lucky to Lead. Lead. All right. Boom, we're recording. Dave, still with me? I'm here, man. I'm here. Quarantine, like, day... Six a million. <laughs> Day dot dot dot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Dave. Episode five. Lucky to lead. Uh, we have uh, one of my best friends joining us. I'm fired up about that. Anthony McLean out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. Uh, well, you know, Dave and I are excited to have you. We know we had you come and and um, do a little inspiration moment with our guys. Um, They're still talking about it. Yeah. Some of them them are still sore about it, actually. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we're excited to talk to you and, and, you know, um, uncover some of those leadership gems that that you've picked up along the way. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's uh, let's dive right into it. Um, We usually start with, you know, what are you up to now? Shit. Well... I feel like that's actually, there's parts of this that, I mean, damn, that's a story. Let me think. Because I want to give you kind of like insight into all it is that I was doing and how I got here at the same time. Actually, okay, I was going. All right. Um, So I'm in the process of like getting back into the fitness game in the capacity that to me is more positive than the previous. And what I mean by that is like, so prior to where I'm at now, I was working at a place that really changed my life and like set me off in this trajectory to truly find myself, what I love, what I'm passionate about and kind of like develop as a professional and as a person. But then there did reach a point where I can no longer grow at my previous like place of employment. And I had to step out and do my own thing. But um, whenever I have this conversation, I feel like I, I, I do my best not to disparage because that's not the point. Like when you outgrow something, it wasn't because something else was necessarily bad. It was just that like that, that was just no longer your place to shine. And that place was SoulCycle because I do want to give a whole bunch of credit to how they changed my life in a positive way, which they absolutely fucking did. But um during that process I kind of fell out of love with fitness and it was something interesting about that where I love the people I love the community but I was no longer um excited to tolerate the role and tolerate the treatment and do things by a certain set of rules and make sure you don't say this and I I spent so much time censoring myself instead of being myself that I just couldn't see myself doing that for six more years or for seven more years. Um, and during that break and even leading up to that break, I had started a podcast. I started a web series. I knew that I, I, that what I needed to do until much more than just fitness. I didn't want to just give people like six packs and call it a day. Like to me, what I was passionate about was self-actualization to me, what I was passionate about is seeing somebody really change the way in which they see themselves so they can better be themselves. 
that was the like I was like, oh, like this fitness stuff is cool and this music shit is rocking and that's great. But like if you're not gonna leave here and actually be in pursuit of what it is that you were put on this planet to do, then I'm not doing my job. So I've created like like I've 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 done the web series, I've done the podcast, and I was even doing like a bit of like music spoken word stuff too. But um I kind of slowly but surely transitioned into those things. And then the interesting thing about being on this journey is realizing that for me personally, I had to stay connected to fitness. One, because that's the thing that I've been blessed to do. And that's the thing like, like where, where my gifts align. More importantly, it allows me to stay up service. And I realized that if I'm not of service the entire time during the journey, I'm not the best version of myself. And that's been something that's been really interesting, let alone too, the income was helpful. <laughs> like the, the, the fitness part, the fitness part made the podcast and the web series part possible. But even outside of that, there was something about being in step with what it was that lights me up that made all those things possible. But along this journey, sometimes we don't acknowledge it or we don't see it that way um, until the situation changes. Would you feel so, Would you feel different about like your your move out of Soul Cycle if you thought about it like this? <clears throat> this is what I tell people um, that work for me that either are no longer a fit for the job or the job's no longer a fit for them. Mm-hmm. It's this idea that, uh, like, you can graduate from a job. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of times I talk about graduation with people. I'm like, hey, like, it's just you have to go on to the next thing, which may be mm-hmm. bigger or it may just be different. Um, but it, I feel like that, like, idea that I talk through with people, like, usually they they only see the positive in their experience wherever they left. But but a question. No, I'm saying like with that, like <laughs> how, like how do you think about that? Like if that was your mindset, would you feel like better about that? So the thing that was in, like I do see where you're coming from, and I've thought and processed that a lot. But souls at the top, or at least then it was definitely at the top. Yeah. So like if you were graduating, it was to do your own thing, and I was like like prior to thinking that way, I was, I mean, bro, I am super proud of the podcast and the web series and the direction that that was going in and the platform that soul was giving me to, to share my talents and connect to people. And like, like it was soul made all those things possible. So leaving, I was like, man, I don't want to start up a gym too. It was just like, that is just, that, that just wasn't what it was that I was extremely passionate about. Because the fitness thing is the one thing, and Soul was at the top of the game for that, if not still are. And it, in turn, maybe I thought when I left that I was graduating. I mean, fam, it felt great. There was a sense of freedom that I had that, like, I just didn't know I was keeping myself from. Not having to wake up and censor myself was bomb. Like, bomb so 
maybe I did feel that way. And that was why. You did go from like this feeling of censorship to like you were doing spoken word, you were doing a podcast, you were doing a web series, like every form of uh, expression expression that you could get your hands on. So Yes. You got it out That's of actually interesting. That's actually <laughs> an interesting thing for you to uncover that way. Because I never thought of that, about it like that. But yeah, I was I was creating what I craved yeah. in every possible medium possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> kind of along your journey that you're talking about, and we talked a little bit offline about kind of your process and how you got to where you are. Um, along your journey, are there some people – or leaders uh, that have have shown themselves or revealed themselves in your life that have either pushed you in the direction that you've gone or tried to prevent you from going the direction that you wanted. And can you kind of speak to that and maybe some of the characteristics that you, you know, have taken away from there? That's a bomb-ass question. And I have a, a, a list of people. I'm going to try to keep it succinct, though, but I have a list. Because you definitely don't get anywhere great by yourself. You know, you don't get anywhere great by not paying attention. And not to say that I'm somewhere great now, it ain't bad, but I absolutely know where it is that I'm going. So it's literally just the beginning. But um, on the way, I remember my favorite, like, like, so when you go to Seoul, there's a team of like um, instructors that teach the instructors. And her name is Melanie Griffith. And I mean, Mama Mel. Yeah, fam. But yeah. I like, like Mel changed my life. Like Mel really set me off in the direction that like got me to where I'm at. I take her class and it was just, it was spiritual. Like, like, you're, like there's a, there's a whole, like, like we just happened to be on a bike. The bike was like a, was like an afterthought. You were in this headspace. You were in her headspace. She in, she invited you in to her life in a way that was so authentic and so genuine and so transparent, like the hard stuff, the yucky stuff, the happy stuff. And I was so inspired by how open she allowed herself to be. And I was so intrigued by how interested the people were. And what I mean by that is when you teach fitness, typically you think people just want to talk about form, give me music corrections, like party, party, party. Don't talk about no life shit, just like whatever. And that's, I mean, granted, like there's a turn up, but I mean, the real, for me, part, the real reason why I went to her class was to be connected to her in that way. And for me to know that it's, it's possible to be open, to be vulnerable, to be transparent and still be successful in the fitness space allowed me to reshape what I thought fitness can be, not just in general, but especially for me. And I remember the one time, fam, I will never, ever, ever forget. Pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. I go to teach a class in Scarsdale. It's like my first or second, like, survivor, which is like the long class, whatever. And I say during one song, I'm going to try to access my inner Mel. And it was trash. Like whatever I said was just not, it was just, whatever I said was just not good. It was just like not, not what it was supposed to be. And after class, everyone was like, class was great, but I don't know what point you were trying to make before. 
And it was in that moment where I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to access my inner Anthony. I can't be my best self trying to emulate somebody else. And me giving myself permission in that moment to choose like, all right, so if I'm going to be my best self and not someone else's best self, I'm going to have to really allow myself to get really uncomfortable learning how to share, knowing what to share, like just like there's a real nuance to it. Cause you can't just like pause the song and talk. Like that's not a motherfucker's come here. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta make your point fit into like the chorus and the verse. Like you can't, you can't over like You gotta, you gotta make it seamless, you know? And that in and of itself took me like a year just getting comfortable with that. But like, Long story short, um, Mel definitely played a huge role in me developing my voice and my openness and my transparentness and like letting myself be vulnerable, knowing how to ask the right questions um, in reference to that space. I think it's interesting um, that you talk about the connection piece. I don't think you, like you're talking fitness, fitness world. Um, I don't think that as a leader, right? It, you could be talking about any space, but that connection is so critical. 100%. Right? And I think that, 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 that overarching thing is that all, you mentioned being authentic, mm-hmm. being true to yourself, mm-hmm. and then having a connection with whoever you're trying to um, have that relationship with, whether it is subordinate leader, uh, trainer, to you know, trying to get the workout in. It doesn't matter where that is. I think that's interesting that that overarching, it doesn't matter you know, what space you're in, that that is, is relevant across the board. 100%. That's so real. I mean, we've, we've interviewed um, four people who I would, are, I would say are four very different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, and something that me and Dave like hypothesized before we started this thing was there are going to be some themes that it doesn't matter who or what or when. And even the fact that you started with like, nobody gets anywhere alone. Every single person has said some version of that. Because that's the truth. And, like, you have to be honest. Like, the, the idea of, like, locking into that honesty and being able to share that with people, mm-hmm. like, that, I mean, that's super fucking real, you know? But that's Every hard. Single- that's so hard because yes. you, you have to be vulnerable. Yes. And that, I think, especially for men, is yes. super hard. Preach, bro. <laughs> Preach. Uh, I, I find it hard, even in my marriage. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I was taught not to, you know, be emotional or share your feelings and being able to communicate that. I, I don't have the vocabulary to be able to do that. Now I've worked on it, uh, mm-hmm. obviously with my wife's help. Um, and I think throwing a two-year-old in there, uh, <laughs> you have to communicate. But, uh, at the same time, I think that, that part of being vulnerable, the sooner that you can learn that, or at least attempt to try yes. it. And you're gonna you're gonna reveal so much more about yourself. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think of like not just vulnerable, because I think that's that's its own challenge for sure. But uh, Nathan shared this with us um, on the first podcast, which was authentic. And what is authentic really? It's like when your inner voice matches your outer voice, mm. right? Um, Mm. And I would say that's probably for men. That's the real one because oh, yeah. we, all, we all think the same shit, but it's like, are we willing to, <laughs> take, 
<laughs> you know? Um, but with that, I do have a question for you. I'm going to come right down the middle. Is like, I have fucked with you for a super long time. Like, you're one of my best friends for sure. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I feel like you caught me at an interesting part of my life mm-hmm. and it lined up great. But do you consider yourself a leader? Without doubt. Without doubt. Without doubt. And it, it's interesting because when I didn't consider myself that, my work wasn't as good as it could be. There's a, there is a point where you kind of almost have to surrender to the role if 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 your intentions are, I want to help as many people as possible self-actualize. If, 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 if being a leader is in alignment with your purpose, and that's really what it's about. So I know what it is. I feel so deeply in my heart, like what my purpose in life is. And me being a leader, me qualifying or classifying myself as such helps me better serve my purpose. Therefore, that's what I'm doing. And that's one of those things with being purpose-driven and, and being able to acknowledge what it is that I'm in pursuit of. So similar to the, well, I'm jumping around a little bit, but, but similar to the, the, the authenticity, the being genuine, the, the being like honest and being transparent, like if there's something, any aspect of myself that can better align with my purpose and I'm aware of it, I'm doing my best to get it all in alignment, if that makes sense. So like if that's from from the way I classify myself, if that's from the kind of work that I put in, if that's from the time of day I wake up, if that's how many workouts I'm getting in, if if I know like I'm about to jump around again a little bit. I apologize. It's kind of the way our brain. Dude, there's works. no rules in this like, podcast. It was it was similar to when you, you guys had me on for the workout. And then at the end, we, we talked a little bit and I, I talked about self-mastery and that self-awareness and really digging super deep in all that you are and like acknowledging your strengths, your weaknesses, your areas for improvement and getting them aligned with your purpose. And if that means that you need to bring people on your team that help you see your blind spots that know how to work with you in such a way, if, if there's, a, there's a balance that's happening. And that's why you can't do it alone. There's a real understanding and like awareness of like, what am I doing that's holding me back? I don't think enough people think that way. Everyone's like, oh, I know what I'm good at. I'm going to just keep drilling that shit. But what are you doing that's holding you back? Because if, if you're exceptional at expressing, identifying, and articulating your weaknesses, you're just as valuable as... As, as somebody that's that's exceptional at one or two things. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And like, yeah. So that's a super long way of me saying yes, I do consider myself a leader. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I mean, I consider you a leader. It's just not, it's not, so, it's not a vernacular that I've heard you use before. So I mm-hmm. wanted to, to start there, but. Um, because it's, it's, it's one of those things where real leaders know that it's not about them. Leaders don't walk around saying that. Like Obama don't walk around saying that. That's not that's not, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not that's not that's not what a leader is. A leader is somebody that that makes those around them their best selves while doing the work that they're supposed to be doing. A leader is is self-aware. I know my strengths, I know my weaknesses, but at the same time, I know 
I'm going to do me. I'm going to do my best. I'm not worried about me. I'm going to hold me accountable. We good on that. But it's your awareness to look at those around you, be able to identify their strengths and weaknesses and know how to get the best out of them. This, like, is, Dave, this, is, this is arguably Dave's favorite fucking topic because he hates the idea of, uh, what is it? I mean, you've burned it out of my head. <laughs> by example? Lead by example is something that this guy fucking despises. I can't and, stand it. And I think your idea of like pulling the people with you is actually something that we say to our guys. Like, yeah. don't just stand by. You got to grab people and bring them with you. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always said, you know, leadership is a contact sport. There's no <laughs> other way to describe it. So lead by example, if you're talking about that, you're not connecting to other people. You're not contacting. You're not impacting so I, I, but I get that you need to lead by example, but that's the minimum. 100%. Right. That's the minimum where the connection, the relationship, the, um, you know, how you interact, how you communicate is, is the part of being the leader. So that's why I'm a big proponent or not a proponent of the strict lead by example model, even though there's more to it than that. Yeah, absolutely. I know for you, Anthony, you made a leap coming from grab one second you guys hear that noise yeah somebody's uh something is scraping against their their microphone it went away let's keep doing doing that whatever just happened (laughs) um no andy you made a leap um would you say that like as a leader in your progression you had like some pivotal moments and if you can kind of explain one of those moments where you were like, okay, I got to take this leap or I'm not going to get to where I want to go and how hard that was. Hmm. That's the first time I've rendered someone speechless. I like that. <laughs> well, I think the thing that's interesting about the journey is I don't necessarily view any particular part of it as hard just because that hard is necessary, you know, like that challenge is there. So there's not one thing I'm just like, Oh man, like, so, all right. If I had to do one right now, it would be when I transitioned and started getting back into fitness on my own accord, solo dolo without like a big brand backing me, the process of like, okay, I'm starting back up. And what I was accustomed to in reference to like the teamwork, the, the, the having a machine behind you allows you to think a lot more about what it is that you specifically as an individual are there to do versus having all the people help you be a part of like the orchestra per se. So I guess to be more direct, it was different, like setting up the schedule trying to do like all the marketing and advertising, creating like an infrastructure that like allowed people to sign in, like getting everything up to par to what it is that I'm accustomed to and what it is that they're accustomed to. Like teaching classes to sometimes two people when I'm used to like teaching sold out rooms and knowing that like I'm still the shit before the time being, I gotta like, like, like there's a, there's a, there's a shift that happens mentally where it's like, okay, so this part is the obstacle. It's not my endurance. It's not can I do these moves. My challenge is how do I make two people feel like 200 people? And like, that's the work in that moment. 
Like, how can I be as grateful as possible, be as focused as possible, and do my best to focus on the things that I can control that will then lend me to exactly where it is that I need to be? And I guess we could say that was a challenge, but for me, I would say that was a part of the process. And even back in the day before, I was hella, hella popping. Like, what's my call? I think Ronnie met me, we met at Rybrook, and Rybrook was not the most popping studio. I did not have the most popping times. But I built those motherfuckers because I was like, yo, it's four of us. I'm going to kill it this week. Next week, you we might get five or six. I'm going to kill it this week. And, I, and what I say probably took me six months, if not more. It took more than that because it was during the wintertime. And I remember the, the blizzards and the class <laughs> the classes were canceled. And then that would get folks out of routine. But just being hyper-focused on what it is that I'm here to do, what it is that I'm contributing to. And doing my best to stay out of my way is really the work. So like, I wouldn't say there's a one pivotal thing. I'd say those pivotal things are happening all the time. It's just the way you allow yourself to perceive it. If I sit here and tell myself it's bigger than what it is, I'll never get to where it is I need to be. Like I know my current problems are minuscule in comparison to the problems that, or the opportunities or the obstacles that I'm going to experience when I'm closer to being my most actualized self, if that makes sense. So like, if, if I think these problems are huge, I'm not ready to be all it is that I'm, I'm, what's the word I'm looking for? Destined to be. I think this is all part of though, um, to me, if I were to describe like who you are as a leader, um, I always immediately I go to like your obsession with the journey. Mm-hmm. That's so, good. That's so this answer doesn't surprise me at all, right? Because mm-hmm. to me, it's like for you, this is this is what you live for. You live for the in between. Mm-hmm. Yes, one hundred percent. And my goal is to always stay in between. Which I think, like, no matter what, I mean, you know, me and Dave coach lacrosse together, and, and that's kind of the the easiest place to break down our leadership and. I mean, how, how much do we talk about, you know, the little things, Dave, right? Like the, just trying to, we try to focus on the like, hey, how are you putting your bags down on the sideline? Like the, the things that like everything in the in-between, because then our, our, our idea or what Dave preaches to the guys is like the end result will take care of itself if you take care of everything in the middle. Yes, 100%. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, we just we just met this past week as a group, like you did our our, our workout the other day. But we talked about um, growth over outcome, right? Mm-hmm. And if you focus on the growth, the outcome usually takes care of itself. Now, for a you know fourteen to eighteen year old boy, you're you want the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're focused on that. But do you agree that if you focus, obviously, from what you're saying, so that's a stupid you do agree, but can you explain more about that kind of growth rather than the outcome? Cause you want the wins and losses. You want to make money. You want to be yeah. sponsored. You yeah. want to have a followership. You want that room to be 200 people, not two people. Mm-hmm. But that growth part is you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's gotta be hard because you went from soul cycle, sold out rooms, mm-hmm. classes that people were, clawing and grabbing to get into then you go out on your own and it's like oh boy and you gotta put yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. i mean 
I'm a I'm afraid I'm a sound redundant, but like, for example, something that I draw a lot of inspiration from is, and I think there are other arenas that make it clear that sometimes the growth process is super long. And I guess, for example, comedians, like thinking about the amount of work that they put in when nobody knows that they exist. And I put this work in for years, sleeping in the car, like, like there's a, like there, that grind is so long. And when they finally make it, we just see like a finished product, but we don't know all that went into them becoming that. And they were focused on their growth and not their result. If they were, I mean, if you're focused on your result and you don't get your result for 10 years, that's discouraging. But if you're focused on your journey, if you're focused on your growth, you can do anything forever. You know, like you can do anything if for forever. Um, I use the example of like the Michael Jordan coming in the league, being fired. You know you're the best. You know ain't nobody fucking with you. But at some point in time, even when you're the best, the best has to grow. And he was like, okay, I'm out here doing my best as an individual, getting all these buckets, this, that, and the third. But how do I bring my team with me? And that was a skill. That was an asset. That was a part of his game that he wasn't thinking about. But when he allowed himself to think about it, they got chips. And like being able to, and, and similar with LeBron, like there's, there's a number of people whom of which, and I think the world gives you a lot of great examples. You can see people who have endless potential. They have more potential than everybody else. Yet even those with more potential still have to grow. So it's like, no matter where you see yourself on, on the scale or on the spectrum of potential or talent or whatever, we all, all, 110% of us, all of us still need to grow. So with growth being an inevitable part of the equation, that's clearly the focus, if that makes sense. That's clearly the focus, if that makes sense. Was there a moment kind of in your path that you thought, I can do this, or I got this? There's, There's never a moment where I think I can't. Interesting, okay. But but that took me a while to get there too. Like, no, I mean, what was the first moment? Hmm. Elaborate. The first moment when? <clears throat> what was the first moment you said to yourself, like, yeah, I could, I could be a leader. Um, I'm not sure if this is the moment per se, but maybe. And just hear me out and then tell me what you think. Um, there was a point in time where I realized, especially in the fitness realm, that you can't give people the answers, but you can give people the opportunity. What's the word? You can't give people the answers, but you can give people the questions. And what I mean by that is there was a point where I realized in my leadership style, I can't tell people how I can't tell people how hard they should be working. What I can do is give them the opportunity to ask themselves, how hard are, are they here to work? Like, like if, if I give you the opportunity, oh, give me a second. And my brain is super lucid. I know like, like in the past, I've, I've used this reference before, but like, I don't try to give people the answer. Ah, what is it? Hmm. Well, for me, it's connecting. Like I remember being in your class, and and the question of 
do you do you actually feel like you put enough on? Like, are you actually pushing yourself enough? And we would go through the motions for a little, and then you'd come over and you'd turn it and you go, you just lied to yourself. Yes. You know, like but, like, but that, mo- like, that it, moment of that. like, yeah, that moment of like, hey, like I'm gonna give, I'm gonna let you challenge yourself, and then I'm gonna challenge your challenge. Yes. And it's it's in those moments that like. Leadership is about not making it about you. And by you, I mean me. Like, like for example, it, when, when I give you the opportunity to really maximize yourself, that's what my goal is. I don't want you to be great when I'm around. I want you to be great when I'm absent. Like, like that, that to me is real leadership. That to me is somebody that took the time and had the patience to really help somebody else instill it within themselves. Because that's really where it all comes from. Yes, we need each other, but like it's not about me making you better. It's about you choosing to be honest, you choosing to be transparent about what it is that you need to improve upon. And if I can make or if that's the skill that I can help you develop, then I think that's what it is that we're all here for. So like it's an interesting I'm not sure if I answered the question, but that's like like Mm. What was the question again? What was the first, uh, like, what was the first moment you could remember feeling like a leader or knowing that you could be a leader? Yeah. Doesn't have, fuck our questions. I like where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, <laughs> into the mixture of it, too, to be like, super specific about answering the question that you gave me is when people people's responses to the work that I was putting in and to the experiences that, that I was creating and people being like oh you helped me get from A to A, A to B or you changed the way that I see this like when I realized that I was actually having an impact was when I knew that leadership was something that was like I don't want to say it came natural to me because when I started, my goal wasn't to lead. It was to like, like I didn't come in it that way, but I realized that through the things that I'm passionate about, through the things that I care about and through the details that I pay attention to, um, it ended up being leadership. But I would say my goal out front wasn't to, to lead. It was to like turn up. I was like, let's have a good time on this bike. And, get fit. and then it just became more than that. No. All it's, right. So let's still, um. Let's. Uh, do you have one, Dave? Yeah, I'm just. You know, I think I, I was going to relate it to me when I decided to go uh, to the Naval Academy, which was a different school than all my friends went to. Mm-hmm. Right. They all went to normal colleges, and I went to a military school. And I think for me, that moment of like, I'm going to do something different, make myself super vulnerable. Um, and do something outside of my norm and outside of my comfort zone. And I was okay on the back end of that. Mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, I can, I can put myself out there more and more and more. Is there a moment, and, and I'm trying to relate this to try to maybe get that point from you of mm-hmm. where you felt like, okay, I, I made this jump and I'm okay. Hmm. I would say, and we spoke about this one earlier, earlier, but my jump from 
grad school to pursuing soul in the first place was like it's interesting because I guess you would say the word is like risky or it like wasn't prudent but like there was just this level of certainty of like like how about this I put myself in a position to lean on myself I put myself in a position to be like, well, and this is it, bro. This is like, like, like you, there is no maybe on this. There is no maybe on this, man. Like, like you got to kill this or you might have ruined your life. Like, <laughs> you got to like bang this out, be all in. And when that happened, I started to perceive life differently. There was like a, It was it was interesting because I would say leading up to that, I probably wasn't super spiritual per se, per se. Um, but starting to realize that like the signs weren't coincidence, starting to realize that, that there were certain things. In fact, there are a lot of things that I, I spoke into existence and starting to realize the way that you, like there's a, there's a lot that happens when you realize the you know, the universe works in your favor. And I think that's the reason why now I can sit here and say, oh, like, I don't doubt anymore. Like, there's a, there's a, what, the universe of what God has allowed me to envision for myself that I didn't put there, um, I know is where I'm destined to be. I just don't know the path. So therefore, I'm just going to stay focused on doing the work every day at a time, putting myself in the position to progress and grow and be successful, this, that, and the third. And I'm going to be where I was always intending to be in the first place. But like, it takes a while to get to that space. And maybe everybody doesn't get to that space. Maybe maybe people don't allow themselves to be spiritual. Maybe people don't allow themselves to listen to the signs and pay attention to them. I think about like when things happen, what allows me to think that way versus like people who see an opportunity as a coincidence instead of as a blessing. Like there, there are people that have come in and out of my life or just stayed into my life that like, like I didn't realize the role they played in my life, but we've had conversations out of the blue. I'm just like, Oh wow. I needed to hear that. Like moments where I felt like maybe I was alone and then somebody like breaks down the way in which they see the world. So for example, well, I'll, I'll keep this the same. There's a friend of mine, whom of which, and she was really more like an acquaintance, but like I left Seoul. She wanted to grab lunch, almost didn't grab lunch because I really didn't think we were that close and had that much in common. Um, but we grabbed lunch and she's giving me this rundown of like how she sees the world and how she thinks I see the world. And there's like, like she was reading it off of some like, I'm like, I have really big ideas. I like that. <laughs> I feel as though I'm rambling and that's not my intention. But long story short, she shared a part of me that I thought that nobody else knew. And, and I thought that nobody else felt an experience. And it was like a very fascinating thing to be like, man, like in the places in, in which you least expect it, like God is working and there are messages and there are signs. And if you allow yourself to pay attention and stay open to them, like 
you'll be reminded on a regular basis that you're headed in the right direction. And like, for me, and I really think for everybody, probably, we need that. And and I think that's where I'm, I've allowed myself to go on this journey so fervently without doubt knowing that like if it's if it's meant for you it's already yours you just have to put the work in i i I think i i navigate life differently than probably the majority of people but that's okay so you know what is uh really interesting about this is i just listened to a whole thing on risk on Mm -hmm. npr actually and the the person they had on was the guy from free solo Mm -hmm. who climbed el capitan with no ropes Mm-hmm. And the and the opening question was, do you consider yourself a risk taker? I mean, a hundred, you know, ninety nine percent of America would say, uh, absolutely, this guy's a risk taker. Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm not a risk taker. Why, why would you consider me a risk taker? He's like, because you climbed the mountain with no ropes. And he's like, well, if you would have seen like how calculated I was in what I was doing, and you were as deep as I was, you would understand that there's no risk involved. Mm-hmm. And the approach he took was, I don't have room for risk. He's like, you know, an online gambler, they could risk because they're just losing money. He's like, if I lose, I'm losing my life. True. Uh, and so I, I like that you opened with like, I don't really feel like it was a risk. Yeah. Because to me, it was like it was calculated, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the, I think the thing that's interesting about that, too, is the power of perception. And the power of perspective, like, and having a double consciousness. And what I mean by that is, you know what people want you to say, but then you know how you actually feel. And it was like choosing to go up against that, 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 that expected norm of like, oh, people want you to say that's risky as shit. Like it, it isolates you. And, and then, and then that, that, that isolation sometimes, especially amongst human beings, lead to like pointing fingers in doubt or this motherfucker's crazy or blah, blah, blah. But really, it's the people who allow themselves to go through life differently that make things different. You feel me? Yeah, and in and, your pursuit of that, you just have to be comfortable in knowing that like, that's just the way in which you're navigating through space. I remember seeing, whenever I'd watch like awards, <laughs> ceremonies, whatever, whatever, and folks would always thank God and like for a second I thought it was something that folks were just saying just to say like oh like I gotta check this box because I'm Christian or God said like like whatever whatever but when you allow yourself to go on a journey when you allow yourself to pay attention to the signs when you realize that there are times where where things weren't supposed to work in your favor, but they always do whenever they need to. Like when you look at the, the, the places in which you grew up and, and, and your friends in which you went to grade school with and like what their situation is versus yours, when you realize that like your life could have, could have landed you in a million different places and you are where you are. None of that is just because of you. Like not ever. None of that is just because of you. I think about the people that I've been blessed to come across in my life. And I'm just like, this is not a coincidence. This is not a coincidence. And for me to try to walk through life acting like it is, knowing that it's not, is me doing a disservice to, to 
the humans that have helped me <laughs> and to the universe that is helping me. So like, that's, that's where I'm at. I just gotta, I got I gotta call a spade a spade. And it's just like, 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 that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Yeah. But everybody's not there. I mean, for sure. I, I think that's the whole point of this, this whole thing. Like is how do we, uh, like, how do we talk about this to help people get there? How do we, as leaders of people, help them get there as part of their journey? But, you know, one of the things, speaking of that topic, actually, very similarly, Dave and I have, have uh, shared, like, people who have been influential in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just influential, but, like, the first people, like, when we were young, people mm-hmm. who were, who were, who were um, leaders and our first vision of leaders. And, and those have had, those people that we have shared have had huge impacts on our lives. Um, and now we're trying to have similar impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we go back to young Ant, right, who... Uh, You're going to answer to this, bro. My, my mom's is a superhero fan. Like, with, 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 without a doubt. Without a... Man, man. <laughs> 16 years old. 16 years old single mom like man man okay (laughs) um i would not be and that's also something else that i keep in mind all things considered um I, i i i would not be who i was today without her and I think another reason why I had that level of confidence and that no doubt and that no, my mom just like, you want to do it, you got it. Even, even similar to the, to the dropping out of Columbia thing. She was like, if that's what's in your spirit, I got you, baby. Like we good. Just, she, there, there's never, she's probably more confident in me than I am of myself. Like that's the real, real, realness of it. And something too that if I'm being honest, when I like reflect back on why I am where I am today and why I feel that way about myself is that I don't think a lot of human beings were blessed with parents that gave them that much love, that gave them that much confidence where, where like that's the head start, you know, like that's where, where my self doubt is diminished because of her. And doubt for the majority of folks is the highest mountain to scale. It's the highest mountain to scale. My shit is like a pebble sometimes. You feel me? Like my, 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 it's like completely different. And like, it's interesting too, because when I talk about that sometimes, I feel like everybody wants folks to be humble, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, man, when I make it, I'm going to be like Deion Sanders and like Muhammad Ali. Like I'm going to be like, I'm going to be different, dude. Like, like, I'm going to be great and talk a little shit. Like I'm going to be great and talk a little shit. But like it's just it's just different. But yeah, my mom's a man. Like God blessed me with her. Do you know? do you feel like you like do you feel like in your leadership you try to emulate what you saw in her and her when you were when you were younger? Yeah, and it's not intentional. Like we did a we did a podcast episode. She was my my like first two episodes of season two. And we were having conversations. And when I say, we had conversations about things we never talked about. And she gave answers that I would give. Like she was saying things that I had said in class. And I was like, but like she never took class. And I was like, what? 
Like, I was just like, like, yo, no way. Like, it was crazy, fam. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, subconsciously, I, I remember when I was younger, the whole never say you can't do something. That was her. Um, when I was younger, I had a serious stuttering problem. Like, a serious stuttering problem. And I was embarrassed by it. The kids would make fun of me. And at some point in time, I would just stop, like, like I would just stop talking. And she would, she would look me in my eye. And when it was real serious, she would grab me by my cheeks. And she'd go, Anthony, what you have to say is important. Like, never, like, like you, you always get your point across with me. And, like, I mean, fam, she, she's a queen. Like, she really is phenomenal. Like, exceptional. She... I'm grateful for her. And then you mentioned um, what I thought was really interesting was self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that as a leader is one of the, the toughest things that you've had to overcome in your journey is self-doubt? Or is there anything else that you can point to that, that was really difficult that you've had to work through? Hmm. I want to say yes, but like, it's interesting from a standpoint of, and what is the word for it? Imposter syndrome. Like, it took me a minute. So for example, right around the time when I was turning 30, um, or like 31 especially, so like one or two years ago. There, I, I, I had this really deep, deep feeling that I definitely didn't put there because I didn't say it out loud for a very long time that essentially like this, this pool to be the Oprah of my generation. And I remember I wouldn't say that out loud for so long. I would like try to make that feeling. I would try to make that dream smaller, more palatable than what it was so that when I said it to folks, people would look at me all fucking crazy. <laughs> and just, just, just being honest, just being honest. And then every time I said that, because the thing that was interesting was I'm not here trying to build a team that'll help me get to that point, right? And if I don't call my dream what it is, I won't be able to get the right people on it. You know, because people who work that hard, people who 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 reach that high and strive that much. You need to be clear. You need to be transparent. I need to know what it is that I'm getting on on board with so we can do what it is that we got to do. So making my dream smaller wasn't going to make it more achievable. Being dishonest about what I, but what, about what I felt wasn't going to be the answer. So the thing that's interesting about that is I'm not sure if that's self-doubt. Maybe that's imposter syndrome. Like, or however you allow yourself to perceive it, but me acknowledging that the the call of my life and the direction in which my spirit is pulling me is is the direction that I'm to be in, I think is something that I needed to work on. But now I'm cool owning that space and being like, this is what it is. Like this is like, but like that, that for me, 
was a process. That for me was a real process. But like the thing that's interesting is, and something that I, I try to do often is seek out other people's experiences on their journeys. And because I've never quite heard somebody explain that the way I've explained it, I was like, am I crazy? I started, I started to doubt the way in which I was thinking about it. But that's just genuinely how I feel. That's just genuinely, like, that's just, that's just where I'm at. And being okay with also being singular in that way. Like, if, if you feel some way that nobody else feels, but that's genuinely just, like, in your heart what you're going through, there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a mixture, too, of, like, that self-acceptance of, like, yo, it's cool to be exactly who you are, how you feel, what you want to do, this, that, and the third. So maybe that's all, like, in, included in, in self-doubt, but there's certainly a process that I think anybody in pursuit of what it is that they're meant to do is going to have to experience and or go through. Because I think, too, there's also a mixture of some folks, it depends. This would be like another conversation. But some folks don't feel as though they have a call on their life that in, in that way. So like when when dreamers speak to non-dreamers, there's a very different or when believers speak to non but like it's a that's a that's a different combo. There's a, there's a level of like nuance in that. So I'm gonna just keep it moving. But yeah, there is a there is a process, I guess, in reference <laughs> trying to extinguish the self-doubt. Um that First of all, I, I, I do think that there's a lot to that. The idea of like a believer speaking to a not believer, regardless of, of what it is, right? Exactly. Like, like there's real levels to it. And there's like, like I've had conversations with like Uber drivers and they're all like, like even when I talk about purpose, people whom of which don't know what their purpose is, that's a very different conversation. And then like, yeah, there's just levels to it. There's levels to it. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions that like we, I think we've asked on everyone, or at least I hope we have, is, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, what type of leader you are and who you emulate, emulate and what your journey has been. And one of the things that I think has had as much impact on me personally is uh, who are the leaders I don't want to be like? Who are the people that Ooh. I've seen or I've um, followed? Um, that I'm like, okay, I know what not to do. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, like, you know, this is not about dropping names, but it's more about, like, what are the things, like, have you had that experience? Um, if you've had more than one, what have those been like? Um, what did you learn that you were like, uh, what did you not like, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I think it's really important not to be punitive. Like, accountability is great, but punishment is definitely not. Like, you can be, hold people accountable without, like, being punitive. I've been around a number of people in positions of power or coaches or leaders that have just kind of taken it way too far. And I just know that personally, deep down in my heart, that progress doesn't have to be punitive. You don't have to be out here trying to hurt people's feelings or this, that, and the third. That's not what life's about. That's not what growth is about. And don't get me wrong. I love me some accountability. And if somebody's not doing their best, there's definitely a way for you to let them know. But just be mindful that like, this isn't supposed to be a traumatic experience, but a transformative. I think that's a fine line too, right? I mean, I think that you can easily cross the line um, without even knowing it, um, mm. you know, especially with people and their feelings and emotions. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, again, that open line of communication and 
and developing that relationship is and trust are kind of the common themes that come up in our conversations that mm-hmm. if you have those, then that accountability is that much easier, both on the recipient side, but also <laughs> the giving side. Facts, facts. There is a balance and knowing like, and I think that's also a part of leadership too, is knowing how other people like to be coached. Mm-hmm. Cause there's like, I got a, my trainer, personal trainer at a Strive Village, my boy Cam. Like I love this dude, love this dude. And sometimes I'm ready for him to like call me a bitch ass and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm so man. I'm like, yo, bro, relax. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a do these reps, but I just need you to chill. <laughs> so like, it kind of depends, but we also have that like rapport and that level of like comfortability where, um, we can be honest and be what we both need, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's about like building relationships and stuff like that. I'm, I'm curious. I have one question for you, Anthony, about as a leader and you're kind of, I don't want to say you're on an island, but you do a lot of these things, you do podcasts, you do your workouts, you're kind of, I don't want to say a solo act, but you've mm-hmm. got people around you. But a lot of that is your self-motivated self. You got to go out and do the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any tools that you use as a leader to keep you kind of, whether it's a, a, we've talked to a couple of people on here who use vision boards, who journal, who do those things. Is there anything that you can share that you do to help you kind of keep focused as Great a leader? Um, I am obsessed with everyone's journey. And, and like, I mean, like a myriad of journeys. Like it doesn't matter what walk of life, similar to the way you use like the, the comedian example versus like the sport example versus like, Anybody that has to overcome some kind of challenge, I'm fascinated by it. It's because we can all learn from that. And it, it, it's similar to how the interview started where we talked about how like you need a team and how there's connection involved. There are certain inevitable things that go into growth, that go into progress, that are just like across the board. So I love having an opportunity to see how those things show up in other people's lives that help them get to where they're at. Because something else that's super important too on this on this journey is the 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 news you've needed to hear you've heard before it just didn't resonate with you the way the way it needed to in that moment. Like leadership isn't something new. Like you've heard the inspiration, you've heard the encouragement, you've heard the words, but it's really about how you needed to hear it, what state you needed to be in as an individual in order for you to receive it in a way in which you can apply it. So to me, that's something that's really, really fascinating. And I work hard on just because, I mean, essentially it's my job. Like that's like, 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 like that's the purpose. That's the work. So yeah, um, I'm really, really into other people's stories just because we're all alike. And the more in which I can highlight or illuminate our similarities, the more the more capable people feel as though they are. Because I think that's a big thing too, is people think, oh, well, they had these circumstances or they had these connections or or they had this group of people or whatever, whatever. But like, we are all capable and meant to do whatever it was that we are intended to do. Whatever our purpose is, whatever our calling is, we're here for that. Or at the very least, we're supposed to go in that direction so we can then continue to learn what it is that our, our life's purpose is about. But so many people are just not moving. So many people aren't in pursuit of anything. 
that even me talking about purpose for some folks is just like, oh, well, I don't know what mine is and I'm not doing the work to find out. So we might as well be speaking a different language. I truly believe, truly, in my heart of hearts, we are all here for something. Like, like I think Oprah goes, that that sperm hit that egg out of all like this. Just like, like we're all here for a reason. It could have been anybody and you are here. And I don't know what other way to operate. I mean, to, to navigate life. Like I, I just, there's just no other way to navigate life. In my opinion, I'm not here to just waste time and just wait to like, that's just not what it's about. So yes. Awesome. Well, um, this was a, a fucking awesome hour. <laughs> and it flew awesome. and I, I don't know if you guys realize it's been an hour. We just crushed it. Um, mm-hmm. I super, super appreciate it. Um, I had a really good time. I don't know if Dave, Likewise. Do you have any, anything yeah, else? Man, no, get uh, in, super. But... Uh, I think the one thing I'm inspired by you is the resounding thing that's in, in my mind. And I think you bring a great perspective and just your overall um, positivity and your connection between the spiritual and the work ethic and, and blending those two together, man. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm certainly appreciative of, and along the same lines of what you were saying about learning about other people's mm-hmm. uh, journey. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot so much from your journey. So I appreciate your time. That's awesome. And and, that, and that's really what it's all about. I, I really think that because we as human beings also strive so much for a sense of community that like when you feel like you're doing something all alone, it's, it's, it's hard to step with confidence, you know? And I think the more we, we allow ourselves to connect, the better. Like even for example, this is a little random point. You don't got to include this part. But, like, listening to Steve Harvey's story and how, like, he had the Steve Harvey show. He was killing it. So he, he went from homeless, Steve Harvey show, homeless. And then, like, like the journey can look a number of different ways. Even even Will Smith, he had, he had um, the music career and then broke, almost homeless. And then Quincy Jones connected him with the Fresh Prince. And then from then on, he, he, he did his thing. I think it's really important for people to know that your journey isn't one straight line, you know, that like you can pop off at any point in time. Some people don't like, like the career change. Like we need to know the many different roads we can take to self-actualization. I love, I love the example of the comedian. Cause like um, even like our favorite, like the best comedians in the world, they work out their material in front of yes. 10 people for months before they yes. go put it in front of thousands. Yes. And it's like that idea of like, well, I'm just going to go back and start at the bottom again and I'm going to rebuild. And yes. that's like, that's a, an entire comedian's that's career. That's their career. Is yes. Doing that. yes. And even, I found it interesting. I watched some, whether it was uh, Kevin Hart, I think it was on his documentary that was recently mm-hmm. on. the Netflix one yeah yeah about how he would go back to those little bars in New York and mm-hmm. do stand-up now I would love to be able to get into one of those but I didn't realize that they go to to literally to do what you're saying to test that out in yeah. front of you know 35 40 people in a crowded mm-hmm. bar 
and you have these guys that can sell out Madison Square Garden in a second. It's yeah. crazy. Like I, I listen to Joe Rogan religiously, and he was just saying he's like I he might move out of L.A. to Texas because Texas is opening up sooner, and he's like I, I just want to go play in front of twenty five people at the club that I play. In. That's it. Yeah. He's like, and I can't do it. Um, but yeah, it's it? built in. And, and also to piggyback on the Kevin Hart part, the thing about that documentary really there's a number of things. There's a really great documentary on Netflix. If you guys haven't seen it, where we post this, but. Um, there's the part where Kevin says, if I didn't do my comedy work, I couldn't do any of the other things. He was like, the way in which me doing stand-up feeds my soul, it makes it possible for me to do all the other things. And that's something that, in reference to fitness, that now I'm starting to realize and that I'm starting to feel. And it's something that, like, be, like because I want to do, am doing, will do multiple things, like, Listening to that part of his journey as somebody that is multifaceted helps me endure mine or helps me tailor mine that allows me to be the best version of myself moving forward. So like seeking out stories like that and all the gems, like he didn't, like he probably just said that just to be honest to share himself, but he didn't realize how much that helped me. And like, that's why I'm constantly in pursuit of things like that. Cause then you can also bring those stories, bring those perspectives to the masses and then we're all better for it. Because we're all just trying to figure this thing called life out. So all of them. <laughs> all of us. Oh man, that's the way to wrap it up. Episode five, lucky to lead. Uh, yeah, McLean. Thanks. Appreciate brother. you, Jim. This has been great. This has been great.